This is Hugh Douglas from 9290 Game, and you listen to MTMV Sports. This is Santia Deck, and you're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked. I don't do the most, but I do a lot. I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in. Hey, how y'all doing? This is Rick Sincere with MTNV Sports. I'm geeked to be joined today by Damian Parson. I mean, just a phenomenal guy. He's been on the show two times already, and every time he comes on, we learn a, a lot of stuff, man. It's always about um, the NFL draft or dynasty leagues or some type of insight that you don't have because I guarantee you, you ain't watching film like my man's watching film. Mm-hmm. He's a contributing writer for Rising Zona, scout for T. DDR, the draft room. He's the host of the On the Clock podcast. I mean, he just kind of informed me that they they doing numbers, y'all. Go out and support this podcast. Brand new, for, they got new format, new you know, new talent, man. Go check him out. He is a phenomenal, phenomenal podcaster, but a phenomenal NFL analyst. I'm geeked to have him back on the show. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good, man. Blessed. Happy to be here, bro. Absolutely, man. Look, let's hop into it because we just came off of the NFL draft. And so it was an awesome NFL draft. There was so much stuff that happened. It was a brand new format, right? Which mm-hmm. was, was kind of cool. How'd you enjoy that format? I loved it, bro. I, I, I loved it. And I know, especially, you know, especially us two being so connected to the fantasy football community. I know all the fantasy football lovers, you know, had to enjoy it. It was legitimately the NFL <laughs> draft was set up like a fantasy football draft completely and i i loved every minute of it man it, it was fun to see um and i'm not gonna lie my best part my favorite part is just simply watching the stages of drunkenness by roger cadell <laughs> it, he was completely furred and it was hilarious i loved it it just showed who he is it allowed him to be a part be a human man yeah not be not just be a suit just be a a robot in front of a camera. He get he had a chance to be himself, and he went from just being Roger Goodell that we see all the time on TV to laid back in his in his in his den uh, with, with with the with the cup of uh, whatever he was drinking. It was it be good. It was good. It was good. Whatever he was drinking was definitely good. So I, I love the format, man. I think they should keep it. I, I mean, you, and plus you get to go inside the homes of uh, of the draft prospects and seeing the families. I mean, yeah, we, we always see the reactions, right? We always do, but we don't get to see it unless there's a player that decided to stay home mm. or, you know, something, things like that. So being able to see all these guys interact with their, with their families, their moms, their dads, their, their little siblings that couldn't make it to the NFL draft, Those, all, like their aunts and uncles and grandparents, we get to see all of that. And for me, I loved every minute of them. Man, I enjoyed it too. Um, I really like to see him go from Roger Goodell to Mr. Rogers. That's kind of what it looked right, like exactly. when he put on that exactly. sweater vest and he said, yeah, he just leaned back. He just leaned back, man. Fat Joe style, leans back, bro. I was like, yo, Roger is he? He's on one tonight, and I loved it. I loved it. And and he was he wasn't getting booed as much, and I think that was a good good um, vibe for him too. And I like yeah, the way he's yeah. kind of taking on that Kurt Angle approach to booing, right? Oh yeah, you know hey, what I mean. Good, good, yeah, good, good WWE <laughs> throw in there, bro. I like that. I like that. He's like boo me and look at let's make it a part of it, yo. Yeah, so, make it happen. <laughs> yo, so um, I want to ask you this question. I know you're always a, a step ahead of a lot of things, man. I want to ask you, um, and I want to give you a little second, a little chance to kind of you know you know, brag a little bit. 
Um, who were you a bit ahead of the curve on um, this draft, right? Like you saw them coming last year. Nobody else saw them coming, or maybe not too many people saw them coming, but they ended up being first and second rounders. But you actually saw them like a year ago and knew this would come. Um, of course, you know, I could easily throw out the big names, the Jerry Judys, the, the C.D. Lands, and, and, and Andrew Thomases of the world, but and Henry Ruggs. But for me, it was A.J. Terrell. A lot, a lot of people, mm. even even after the season, a lot of people was like, yeah, after seeing him against Clemson, which a lot, like you legit have to go back to the film to see he really did not like Jamar Chase had a great day, but it wasn't just Jamar Chase. Like a lot of, a lot of different things went into um, his production in that game. It wasn't just, Oh, they're lining up and Jamar Chase is killing him. No, AJ Terrell was in phase in those routes. A lot of the times it was just, better offense at the end of the play, you know, and, and be, better throws. Joe Burrow was pinpoint accurate in that game, just dropping dimes every aspect of the game. So uh, AJ Terrell was one um, that I absolutely loved and believe he was going to be a first rounder. Jeff Gladney. Jeff Gladney was one of my favorite corners out of TCU. Uh, even last year watching him, I was like, man, this kid is sticky in coverage. He's feisty. He doesn't mind coming up and hit. He doesn't mind being a force player on the edge in the run game. Um, and, and, you know, he's not 6'4", he's not 6'5", he's not Richard Sherman's side, but he has no problem throwing the tape of him versus, uh, versus Texas against big 6'5", 6'6", Colin Johnson. He competed every play, every snap, every route. That's what you want from your corner. Because going in the NFL, you're going to see the Julio Jones, the DeAndre Hopkins, the Michael Thomases of the world, and you cannot go into those matchups big-eyed. You can't go into like, man, I don't know if I can do this mm. because – they're so they're bigger than me. So what? Like, you know what I'm saying? Darrell Revis wasn't six four, six five, and he was shutting down guys that were taller than him. You know what I mean? So it's just it's all about being competitive and letting those big guys know, hey, I am smaller than you, but that doesn't mean that you're going to win every rep. Every route is not going to be yours. You gotta go in there and compete from snap to snap, whistle to whistle, all four quarters. So I love that about him. Um another guy, man, Michael Pittman, uh, the receiver out of USC. I've, I've kind of compared him to uh, Vincent Jackson. They used to be with the Chargers uh, years ago. Big physical frame, can pluck the ball out of the air, man. Mm-hmm. Just watching him go up and get passes just is incredible. Like, he, he has body control. He, he times it perfectly almost. He has strong hands as well. So, it, it, you know, and, and he has deceptive speed. Don't, don't, a lot of people, they look at him and say, oh, he's a big guy. He's a possession guy. Trust me, if you miss at the line of scrimmage, he will stack you. And he will get downfield. Uh, so those are some of the guys that I definitely looked at. Um, and I kind of knew that they were falling that day, you know, that day one, day two range. Um, Denzel Mims is another. Denzel mm. Mims is another guy, another big body guy. Um, you know, he plays a little, to me, he plays a little slower than his 4-3-8, 40 time in the combine. Um, but still, another another jump ball guy. You know, see, it's, it's more than one way to separate. You can separate with your routes or a guy can separate in the air. And most times you, you hear a lot of cornerbacks say the most nervous moment is when the ball's in the air and you got to go up and make a play. And if you got a receiver that you know can moss you, like you got to be on point. You have to be, you have to time it perfect. And if you, if you can't make that play, you got to let, Hey, you got to compete and you got to fight. You got to fight your way out of that situation. So uh, those are some of the guys I definitely watch for. Um, and I, and I knew ahead of time, like these guys, have to be day one, day two prospects. 
Were you a little bit concerned, um, you know, looking at Pittman and then kind of maybe thinking about older, um, you know, taller USC wide receivers in the past, those big body mm-hmm. guys who, you know, do well at USC but then flame out in yeah. the NFL? Did that yeah, give you a little question. bit of pause? So what I, I used to do that all the time. I used to do that sometimes. But I, one thing I've learned, and, I, and I'll say, um, like, listening, we talked about it before the show, listening to the guys like Bucky Brooks and, and Tommy Shades of the World, and, and Daniel Jeremiah is, and one thing they always say is don't scout the helmet. And I, I used to do that a lot. You know, I used to, I don't, I don't want, uh, I, I don't like a, a certain position from a certain school. So it was like, well, uh, University of Miami's had bad QBs for such a long time. So it was like, well, if Tua, you telling me if Tua was at Miami with the weapons that they had in, in that receiving core and in the run game, or if Tua was at Florida State, I'm, I'm going to say, man, I'm not watching Tua because he plays. No, I had to get out of there. So for me, when I look at Michael Pittman, I thought about it. I said, man, you know, of course, Dwayne Jarrett and some of the other guys that came out of USC before. And I, for me, I just look at it from – I'll, I'll say this. I, I compared it kind of – you see Amari Cooper, you see Jerry Judy, right? And Amari Cooper has every tool in his tool shed and in his toolbox to be a bona fide number one. The one part that I that struggle that I struggle with, with with Amari Cooper is his mentality. Mm. Is he a dog? And when I look at Jerry Judy, similar skill set, four four speed, you know, elusive, like break dancing type of skills, and kind of putting guys on skates and elite route runners coming out of college. Something you don't see that often. Guys that can come in and possibly be a top ten route runner in his rookie year, but Jerry Judy is just he's more of a dog to me. Amari Cooper's quiet. He's like a silent killer. So he's quiet. You know, you could talk to him. He doesn't really talk back, but when he, you know, he, but he, he wasn't there and makes plays. But for me, I think Jerry Judy has a little more dog in him. Like he just goes after it more. He's more aggressive. And that's what I would like to see from Amari Cooper. So when I look at Michael Pittman, I feel like he has more, he's, he has more of that dog in him than a Dwayne Jarrett. You know, he, and one, one thing about it, his hands are like vice grips. Dwayne Jarrett made some crazy plays, but he, when I, every time I looked at him, I didn't think he was a natural hands catcher. I definitely think Michael Pittman is a guy that can naturally catch the football. And even though if he, even if he doesn't separate the, the the best or the most, I mean, you look at a Kenny Galladay. You look at a lot of uh, you know, uh, um, uh, it's a kid from uh, that's on the Cincinnati Bengals right now, uh, Auden Tate. You know, had a good 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 mm. solid season. Yeah, uh, both him and Kenny Galladay both ranked nearly dead last in yards um, per route sep- when kind of separation running their routes. Like in the, I think yard uh, separation yards was like 2.2 per route. So, yeah, they didn't separate a lot, but they uncovered with their, with their frame, with their long arms, and they knew how to go up and get the football. And Michael Pittman does the same thing. So I think – and then at the same time, I think it all depends on landing spots. So Michael Pittman has landed in uh, – I think he's with the Colts. He's with the Colts. Now, they have, what, Paris Campbell, a 4-3, almost 4-2 type of guy. They have T.Y. Hilton, another 4-4-4-3 type of guy. Like, they have receivers that can spread the field, take the top off, and allow him to be that big physical possession guy. And then he can hit you over the top when they need to. I like that. Yo, were there any guys who really, truly surprised you? Like, you didn't see them coming. Um, And I know you watched it, but maybe you just didn't see that coming and they just shot up draft boards for you? Uh, I mean, to me, the elephant in the room has to be Joe Burrow. Like Joe, <laughs> like any anybody that said they saw Joe Burrow come is lying. Um, 
no one saw Joe Burrow coming. Last year, in 2018, Joe Burrow was a mediocre at best quarterback. And, um, and that's just got on his facts. Like, his, the stats showed it. The film showed it. He was not he, – he was – you could see that there, were room, there was room to grow. You could see that there were some tools there. But it just – it wasn't good. It wasn't fun to watch either. So, uh, for me, he was – he's the biggest guy that – biggest surprise. Came out of – legitimately came out of nowhere. Um, Justin Jefferson, his teammate. Um, I mean, in part, it kind of go it coincides. You know, his his 2018, he played a lot of snaps more so on the outside. He, he wasn't he wasn't uber productive, but neither was his quarterback. Then in 2019, they move him in the slot, they move him around. His quarterback's uber productive. He's also uber productive. One, of, he's also one of the better route runners in this class, and he kind of he he fell into a perfect situation, in my opinion, being able to replace Stephon Diggs in Minnesota. Um, you know, and now you have two guys, they, they keep their two receivers. Um, and, and I like what they've done. So, uh, Justin Jefferson's another one, uh, sticking with LSU is the LSU theme here. Uh, it's actually SSEC theme for my last two guys, Patrick Queen, linebacker. Like he was not a guy that people talked about much. Um, he was, he, he wasn't talking about a whole lot and, and his name really didn't, to me, his name didn't catch steam until mid season to late season. And then his name, like really in the in the postseason, you really heard his name a lot. And then and, and towards uh, getting into the draft, the whole entire draft process, his name shot up. Combine, he goes and runs a four or five flat, and you know his you know he moves well and and, and everything like that. He's physical and aggressive, sideline to sideline type of linebacker. Uh, he fell in the perfect situation over there in Baltimore. Um, and then another linebacker from the SEC, Willie Gay from Mississippi State, a guy that you did not hear about much at all. But when you pull on the tape, he's in the, he is legit an aggressive, physical thumper that can legitimately drop down, drop back in coverage. Has four four speed. Like it's it's insane that the athletes that we are seeing now in the NFL at the linebacker position. It but it, it has to they have to draft these guys because then you have because you have to worry about the Saquon Barkley's the Christian McCaffrey's the James White the Alvin Kamara's you have to worry about them even the Kenyon Drake's now shout out to uh Raising Zona in the Arizona Cardinals shout out to them so yeah like those are some of the guys that you know you could see that they had potential when you watch their old their, their 2018 tape but it was just like they they were not guys that had a lot of steam coming in and as the season went on, you start hearing their names more. And it's like, okay. And you, their names are buzzing. You're like, okay, that's a buzz. That, that name's a buzzword. Let's see, what, let's see what's going on with Joe Burrow. He's putting up Heisman numbers. Justin Jefferson's over, over 100 catches. You know, I think 1,400, 1,500 yards receiving. Just, just dismantling defenses week after week after week. And the, the famous gif of him versus Oklahoma counting the touchdowns. And, and as, he, as he scored this fourth touchdown, it's just like – these guys are disrespecting me. I should be, I should be bracketed right now. I got four of these things. So, you know, those are the guys that I looked at. It was just kind of other surprises to me. I'm like, man, where did they come from? Like, <laughs> look, I think a lot of a lot of stuff happened because of that new offense, right? Like, yeah. bringing mm-hmm. in a brand new offense kind of unleashed a, a mirage of stars that you just didn't see coming before. I think those defensive stars on the LSU team would have would have grown. You know, and into their role because that's what LSU does. But those offensive stars, yeah, they did come out of nowhere, man. Um, and and Burrow is one. I watched him all last season, right? I watched him the season before the big one, right? Yeah. Like I, I watched him because I'm an LSU fan, and so I've watched like all those games. 
and I saw that he was good. So I was like, okay, he'll be a third round quarterback. And you know, at least maybe yeah, third, exactly. fourth round quarterback. And and I'm excited about that. Go Burrow, right? And then this year, bruh, like, yeah. nah. I didn't yeah. see it coming and I was watching. So you know what hey, I mean? Like Drake said, flip the switch, man. Like <laughs> <laughs> that switch flipped. Joe Brady came in and, and spread things out. Um, which is kind of similar what I think we're going to see, like you mentioned, Arizona. Uh, what we're going to see in Arizona with the Cardinals, we're going to see a lot more spread. And let you know, same when they let uh, Bur- Joe Burrow start picking defenses apart, I think Clifford Kieran's about, about to unleash Kyler and let him pick all these defenses in the NFL apart, man. It's going, I, I, I believe you. I think it's going to get nasty. Um, if, if it's done right, it's going to get nasty. Yeah. Look, let's start right at the top of next year's draft. And so, you know, right after the draft, some people just like to look ahead, right, like yeah. to look forward. And so um, we want to do the same thing here. When I reached out, I was like, hey, man, can you help, like, us and my listeners, like, look ahead to next year's yeah. draft? And so that's where we'll start, just looking ahead to the 2021 draft. Um, I have to ask you this question, like, start right at the top. If you had the first pick in the 2021 draft, and let's say you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look, if you're a Jacksonville Jaguar fan and you're listening, no shot. I'm just going based on – what the uh, odds are anyway so <laughs> if you're the jacksonville jaguars and you're sitting at the top of next year's draft um who would you select at quarterback let's just say um miss you didn't have a great year you're right at the top who are you selecting um either at quarterback or another position but i'm thinking quarterback is it trevor lawrence or justin fields in your in your view so <clears throat> excuse me that's a good question uh Minshew, if I, honestly it's crazy when I look at Minshew, I think he, out of all quarterbacks, has the most pressure on him in 2020. Like, yes, you you know, you, you had the mustache, he had the jorts, and it was Minshew mania for a couple games. And then Nick Foles came in, he lost some steam, and, you know, he wasn't the same player when he took back over. If Minshew doesn't play well this year and they end up having a top five pick or, or a top pick, dare I say, his reign is over. Like – and I think it, it, the, and it's not just Trevor Lawrence and, and Justin Fields. Anybody that's been paying attention right now knows Trey Lance of North Dakota State is the name to watch as well. 28 touchdowns last year, zero interceptions, no picks whatsoever. It's legitimately like watching, he, to me, he's a more accurate version of Cam Newton because he adds that power run game. Like that QB power, the veer, the the read option, the RPOs, but he has a cannon of an arm, and he's accurate, you know. So if he – if Trey Lance somehow repeats – I don't know how you repeat zero interceptions and get close to 30 touchdowns, but if he is anywhere near that again, I could see teams kind of jostling him and Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields on their QB one board because it's like – it's the pick of the litter. I throw another name out there. He won't. I, I don't think he'll be. He he would have to have a fantastic season to have his name up there. Um, Jamie Newman from uh, he was a Wake Forest last year. He transferred to Georgia. Georgia has some big body, physical, uh, fast receivers. George Pickens, who also should be able to declare. I think either this year coming or next year um, for the twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two draft. But if I'm Jacksonville. I'm going Trevor Lawrence right now. As of right mm. now, I'm going Trevor Lawrence. Mm. Um, big arm, athletic, you know, smart kid. And I think him, you know, with his skill set, and I don't know what's going – I really don't know what's going to happen with Leonard Fournette. That's kind of the elephant in the room. Like, they have kind of been – they are trying to get rid of 
it, it, they're trying to get rid of the big, the I guess the big personalities in in, in their locker room. Jalen Ramsey, AJ, you know, AJ Boye, he wasn't always, the, you know, a really boisterous, talkative guy, but still him, you know, um, you know, Calais Campbell is gone. He's a leader. You know, they didn't, you know, they didn't want to bring him back. And, and now Leonard Fournette, and it's just like, wow, like, you know, that's, that's a shock. So it, they're going to need a running back to pair with Trevor Lawrence for sure, whether it's Raquel Armstead or someone that they draft next year. But, mm-hmm. um, but I think Trevor Lawrence right now, he is the, the consensus top quarterback. He's got the accuracy. He's got the arm. He has the mobility. He can run the things in a new age offense that you're seeing, the RPOs, the read options, um, and, and you can move him, move the launch point, you know what I mean, on those sprint outs and different things like that. So, and, and like I said, and he can create on his own. You watch him against Ohio State. He didn't have the best game passing the, passing the football. T. Higgins goes down, and he passing the football, he was not great, but he made plays with his arm. But also, he took what the defense gave him, and he checked it down to Travis Etienne, who had a great game, especially receiving the football and making big plays, turning those five-yard receptions into 15, 20, and even touchdown, uh, long, long touchdown runs. So I think Trevor Lawrence would be the guy. You have DJ Chark over there, um, who, who is a – to me, I think he's a rising star. I'm actually going to do a uh, film thread on him uh, in the next couple days as well. I uh, just did one on um, – Deontay Johnson from the Steelers on Twitter. I, I really like DJ Chark. And I think DJ Chark, you give him a, a quarterback that could truly push the ball downfield. I think they're, they're, that's a match made in heaven. You know, Trevor Lawrence is used to having a big physical receiver that can go up and get it uh, and get the ball. You know, you know, once Frisbee always said, don't put it where the kids can't get it. And that's what you want to do. So uh, when, I, when I look at that's what he had T. Higgins at Clemson, right? Now you put him – on Jacksonville, he did the same thing with DJ Chark, but DJ Chark is a 4-4 type of guy, 4-3 mm-hmm. almost. He's a burner, and he can go up and get the football. So I think Trevor Lawrence is probably the best option, but listen, Trey Lance and Justin Fields, if we have a 2020 college football season, it is going to be something to watch because the battle for QB1 is real. Mm. I'm looking forward to it, man. Look, outside of those top two quarterbacks, well, actually, the top three quarterbacks um, that everybody will have their eyes on, can you give me about five players that you think will pop up in the top ten next season? And you already gave us some. Who else will be those players who will pop up in the top ten next season? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, like I said, when I, you know, Jamie Newman, I could see easily popping up in there. Um, Trey Lance, of course. Um, it, it's a couple guys for sure. But let me look at my board really quickly. I mean, because, of course, you know, we all know uh, one guy. I, I I easily see him being a top ten selection, and that's Micah Parsons, linebacker from Penn State. Let me tell you, man, like f- fast, physical linebacker, smart. top ten. Yes, I, I could like to me right now. He's top. He's like top eight on my board. I love Micah Parsons. I think he really is a legit player. And when you're looking, you I mean, think about. It. Remember the Steelers. They the Steelers defense on the interior. They they their defense changed so much when they lost Ryan Shazier. Mm-hmm. Then they went, you know, they realized, hey, we need to fill this void. They traded up last year and got Devin Bush. The defense looked a little different. Um, you know what I mean? Being able to cover and, and run and hit and different things like that. Uh, so I think, you know, you see that with, with, uh, with, with Micah Parsons. Uh, Jalen Waddle, receiver from Alabama. Listen, Alabama last year had what they call the four Lambos, the four Lamborghinis. Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jalen Waddle, and Devontae Smith. And I'm telling you right now, Jalen Waddle 
is kind of, in my opinion, a combination of Ruggs and Judy, a, a legitimate athlete with crazy separation skills. And he's just, he's just the type of guy that's going to – he's a field flipper. You put him at punt and kick return, he's going to make things happen. Um, so I, I definitely think that's going to be the case. Dylan Moses, another linebacker, I could see fault finding his way into top ten from Alabama. Torres ACL, I think at camp last year. He could have still been a first-round pick this year, but he said, no, I want to come back, rehab fully, come back a year, and, and, and really raise my stock back up. I believe I'm a top 10, top 15 type of pick. Um, I can see oh, – listen, Ohio State is possibly DBU right now. Sean Wade, I was so disappointed that he went back to school because we saw Damon Arnett and Jeff Okuda who were the two outside corners going the first round this year. I believe if Sean Wade came out, Sean Wade would have been the other first round corner because he could be the he could play in the slot and on the outside. He has that frame, six one, almost 200 pounds. He can run. He's physical. He can press. He can pray, press bail. He can play. I really love this kid. A name that to because I mean he plays it. He plays for Miami. Greg Russo, defensive end, edge. Um, I don't think he's he, he's six he's six seven two uh, two fifty three. I don't he's not that twitchy bendy guy off the edge, but he's one of those guys you kick in on the end on those passing downs. He's gonna stop the run in the forty three defense at the end. He's gonna stop the run on those first two downs and on the end and on that third and eight, you mm. kick him down on that three tech and you let him push the push the pocket, man. I really I, I really love this kid. I wouldn't be surprised. Like I said, when you look – because we all know Jamar Chase is, is, is wide receiver one, but Devontae Smith could also, also find his way in the top ten as well. Um, we, we can see two Alabama receivers in the top ten, man. Like, both of those guys are good. And, and not just good, but, like, scary good. Both of them have legit skills. Um, a name – listen, if you don't know, now you know. Rondell Moore, man. Why receiver from Purdue? I've been watching this kid since he came to Purdue, and I've been talking about him. I'm like, I can't wait until he's eligible eligible for the draft because this kid is a game buster, bro. Like, speed, elusiveness, power. He can take those those those, those different. But he you could use him however you want. You don't have you know he, he to me he he projects as more so as a slot receiver in the NFL, but he could be like an offensive weapon. You can give him. The, the the stretch the stretch runs you can line them up at running back you can do a lot of different things with them so I could easily see him um, my last guy I want to throw out because this it's a this draft I really believe is going to be another offensive heavy draft oh that was my next um, question that's my next yeah. question we're gonna talk this about is, that uh, this is gonna be another offensive heavy draft but one of my favorite receivers I'm telling you right now Rashad Bateman from Minnesota Rashad Bateman is a legit player 6'2 210 and he is bursty off the line of scrimmage he's bursty downfield when you look at his routes he gets he's he has violent feet he I, you know I, I when I look at when I'm studying receivers I like to watch how they cut and, and chop down on routes and when I see him his head fakes and, and his and his breaks at the stem of his routes I, I call him um uh he, he's a stepper he's a college stepper like a fraternity when they when they come out on their pro beats and they're stepping and it's like legit hard steps every step. That's what I see from him. He comes up and he eats up grass and eats up turf to get into your into your personal space as a DB. 
And when he breaks, he breaks, and he doesn't lose speed. So I really think he could has a chance to be a top 10, top 15 pick. I love everything about his game. Yo, um, I have I struggle with Smith from Alabama. Um, just kind of watching him, I struggle to see him as as like that top wide receiver. Um, help me, help me, it, because I I do struggle seeing him in that role only because um, I'm unimpressed a little bit by his speed because I I don't always see it. You know what I mean? I don't always yeah. see that, and I don't always see him as a super huge threat. But he did kind of play in a situation where he was maybe overshadowed by yeah. you know by Judy and by Rugs and then uh, by Waddle. So please help help me with Smith. Devontae Smith, man, like, I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, granted, you're from New Orleans, and this is going to hurt, but tur- turn on the tape of him versus LSU last year. He was unstoppable. By- Byron Stingley is possibly, right now, he coming into this year, him and Sean Wade are my top two corners, but he had no answer f- for Devontae Smith. Like, he legit had no answer. Devontae he was Smith, getting picked on, and I saw that. Yeah, Devontae yeah. Smith beat him inside, beat him outside, beat him downfield. He, he he's a three he's a three level guy. You can and, and you can put him in the slot. He run his routes. He he separates with his routes. Um, and, and he does have deceptive speed downfield. He knows how to win and how to keep. And he's he's a slightly framed type of guy. He's not a big receiver at all uh, when it comes to uh, his 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 frame his body his body mass. But he knows how to, he fights off press coverage very well actually for a guy his size, um, and he gets up field, and he plays with urgency. And that's one thing I always look at with, with receivers. Um, you know, how urgent are you to win? Um, you know, can they – because you look at some guys and they, they can lull you to sleep, you know what I mean? Just like a slow – just like a slow crossover, just kind of – and then at the, at the moment that you think you, you, you have it timed perfectly, they beat you off the line. So he, he, he's a guy like that, that that plays with a good pace um, and great feel for the game. Strong hands too, and he and he's he's not afraid. He is so fearless. He'll go across the middle. He'll go up, and he he makes highlight reel catches. And and so I think he is the type of guy that teams love. He's a hard worker. Um, I actually know his. I actually know his brother um, as well. His brother talks him up all the time, um, and, and just talks about how how hard this kid works. He yeah. I, I I think he's a real deal. Mm. Okay. So now you, you mentioned this. You said it's going to be another big offensive draft, right? It's another huge mm-hmm. offensive draft. If it is another huge offensive draft, um, then which position actually dominates? I feel like wide receiver kind of dominated um, this last draft. What position dominates this year? I think it's wide receiver again, to be honest with you. Facts. Uh, yeah, I think it's wide receiver yet again. Um, like I said, you know, Jamar Chase, Justin Ross, um, <clears throat> Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, uh, Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore, it, it, it's <laughs> Sage Surratt from, from Wake Forest. Like, it's so many, it's so many receivers in this class, bro. You know, I'm just trying, I'm just scrolling through some of the names I have written down. It's so many receivers in this class, and it's just, it, it, it's a plethora of them. And for me, that that's probably the biggest thing, just because I, Last year, I was kind of letting a lot of a lot of people that I know like, hey, listen, the when you look at coming into the twenty twenty draft, I said the receiver position is scary good. Like, mm. and in the twenty nineteen receivers last year, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, a lot of those guys were really good. 
but a lot of them were, fell to the second, third, even fourth round. I said, listen, this this class is going to go about six, seven rounds deep at receiver. Mm. And and then we saw the, the draft play out, and yet it did. We had six in the first round, and we had guys like K.J. Hill, a strong-handed slot receiver from Ohio State, going in the sixth round. So it, 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 that's just what it was. So for me, that's what I looked at. Uh, I was like, man, like th- this is this is pretty legit. Uh, I, I think, like I said, and, and don't sleep on the, the the tight this tight end class. Like last year, like this past tight end class was, uh, you know, it, it didn't have the guys didn't have the production that, that that would scream draft me in the first round. But I'm gonna tell you right now, Kyle Pitts uh, and um, and uh, I think it's it uh, Fryermuth. I believe it's the, his name, Pat Fryermuth from uh, Penn State. I, th- I believe both of them could be late first round picks because mm. they are true weapons when it comes down to being true weapons at the at the uh, tight end position. So yeah, I, when I look at the receiver position, man, I truly believe we could see yet another dominant uh, class dominated by the receiver position. I got a selfish question I'm going to ask you at the end about Troutman. I'm going to just put it over here. Just oh, a self, yeah, just a selfish uh, question I have about Troutman. Um, let's, okay, let's, let's ask for some sleepers now because, you know, um, the Debbie players out there and everybody kind of, you know, who get into fantasy, they always want to know who's the sleepers, who do you think may jump up boards. Um, who are some guys that you can see jumping up the board or either taking a huge step forward this year? Mm, so, and even if you've already mentioned them, you can, you can, you can um, you know, re-mention them. Yeah, no, so um, one one guy I've been studying was, was a couple, especially at the receiver position. Uh, to I'm gonna see if I can pronounce it correctly. <laughs> to to Marion Terry from Florida State, six six four two ten. Uh, I would not be surprised if he ran a four four, possible four three in the forty. He is a freak. Like I, I love I watching his tape, and I watched the 2018 tape first, then went back to 2019. And you saw the improvement against press coverage, saw the urgency, him exploding off the line, getting downfield. Um, I really believe this kid can can I think he's another guy that could also end up fighting his way into that late first round consideration. If not day one, he's definitely for me day two. Mm. Um, because I just really believe he's he's that guy. Uh, and I think he has the the potential to be a uh a wide receiver one, the potential to be that in the NFL. Another receiver, another receiver going to LSU with your boys, Terrence Marshall. I okay. like Terrence Marshall. I okay. like Terrence Marshall, man. Um, and I think he's a sleeper. I think he's he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of pub. Um, because and at the same time, when you he think scares about it, me. <laughs> I mean, think about it, man. You know, you over there with with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Thaddeus Moss and see, you know, Clyde Edwards and Larry Joe Burton. Nope, a lot of people don't talk about you. But I think this year he has a chance. With teams trying, you know, we have the season. Teams are going to try to gravitate all their coverage to Jamar Chase. That's going to give um, Terrence Marshall a lot of one on ones. So I expect to see him go out there and, and make a lot of plays. You know what scares me about him? What's that? Them hands. Hmm. Them yeah. hands. When 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 you when you look at him, even when you watch the tape, man, you see him dropping some dropping some balls, or dropping some opportunities, and those hands scare me just a little bit with him. But you're right, because he was a big time recruit coming in, and I have been watching him since high school. So I mean, he is somebody who's definitely you know got all the talent and all the skills, but those hands concern me. <laughs> I, hey, listen, I totally get you. I get you on that. No, trust me. Um, another sleep. I'll go to the defense side of the ball. 
I'm going back to Penn State, Shaka Tony, um, you know, 6'3", 240, edge defender, uh, you know, good first step off the line. He can win off the edge. He can come, you know, you know he has a, a nice array of pass, pass rush moves. I think he, I think he has the potential and athletic ability to be able to drop into uh, coverage as well. Um, you know, if you put him in the 43, I, not the 43, but the 34 defense as the outside linebacker, um, I, I, I like him there as well. Um, CJ Verdell, uh, running back from Oregon, 5'9", 210. Uh, a lot of people, Justin Herbert, a lot of people talked about Justin Herbert, but to me, the best player on that Oregon offense was CJ Verdell. It wasn't Justin, Justin Herbert for me. It was CJ Verdell. I, I really like Verdell. And, and, you know, he, he, he packs a punch when he, when he runs the ball, he runs hard. Um, uh, but he's got, he's got some explosiveness as well. Not like he's not the biggest guy, you know, he's, he's 210, but he's, he's got a solid frame though. He's not, he's not a, a small, skinny, uh, you know, slightly build type of uh, running back. So, um, I, I like him as well. I'm going to throw a quarterback out there to you as well. I said quarterback is, is is surprisingly deep next year too. Kyle Trask from Florida, man. A lot of people, you know, he stepped in. He, he hadn't started until Felipe Franks went down last year. Um, and, he, and I think Felipe, uh, believe Felipe Franks uh, transferred for his final season because Kyle Trask is not giving that job up. Kyle Trask is a capable quarterback, a good quarterback. And I could see a team taking him, um, you know, risking a third round, possibly late second round pick on him if all the top quarterbacks are already gone and, and using him, putting him behind an established starter. You know what I'm saying? Putting him behind an established starter, you know, and allowing him. I could see the Bucks because, you know, drafting him late, you know, drafting him in the second, third round because uh, Tom Brady's going to have that one year left on his deal. Or, you know, Jameis Winston walks off from you guys after learning from Drew Brees and, and signs a, a solid deal in free agency with another team. The Saints is perfect. You got Drew Brees on the one-year deal. Let him coach. Uh, let him teach and mentor Kyle Trask. So I, I think that'll be a perfect situation for him. Um, and I mean, this guy in the sleeper, but I had to throw him out there because I didn't mention him earlier. But you know, going back to uh, guys that could be top ten or being especially first round, Tylen Wallace, man from Oklahoma State. If he didn't tear his ACL, he was coming out this year, and I truly believe he was a day two prospect, either early second round. I, Easily early second round. I don't see a way that Denzel Mims or Michael Pittman go before Tylen Wallace if he's in this draft class. So listen, next year's draft class, ladies and gentlemen, is loaded. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. it's loaded like the lo- most loaded potato you can get at Outback. It is loaded. Do you hear me? Like this, this, this receiver class. I'm listen. I'm I'm so hyped about it. I have so many evaluations to do before we even get to August. Like, I'm, I'm – it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fun. Bro, like, I, I, I brought you here for this particular reason, for this reason right here. This feeling I have right now is the reason I wanted you to come back on the show, man, because I feel like I'm looking – got me looking forward to the college football season, has me looking forward to the 2021 draft. I'm already geeked about it, and we're a year away. So I, I love what I love what I'm hearing right now. Um, let me ask this question because you have to. I don't want to – we, we're not going to end it on a sour note. But yeah. but I do need to ask this question. Um, who are some top-rated players, right? Some guys who everybody loves right now who could possibly take a fall this year, either based on their role or based on, you know, them being exposed? Wow, okay. Well, that's a good question. Um, top guy that could fall. <laughs> I would say, honestly, I would say I could see, I legitimately could see 
Justin uh, – and when I say Justin Ross, he's not like a top 10 receiver, but he is one of the bigger names in the receiving room um, coming into this, into this draft. I could see him – I could see him falling. Justin Ross, like, came into last season, you know, killing it at the spring game. He's catching one-handers. He's out there balling on their corners. And he coming into this season, like, and going through the 2019 season, he just left me wanting more. I was disappointed. And I was like, man, like, I thought he was going to come out and, and solidify that he was the top dog in that receiver room. No, it was T. Higgins. T. Higgins came in and played with his hair on fire. T. Higgins went out there and balled out of control when he needed to. So I and, and so that was frustrating for me. Um, I just I just really expected more from him. So I think he could fall. Um, uh, what was the other another name I had? Uh, Paulson Adebo, corner from Stanford. I tweeted this out uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago. Um, I said did, did, did Gabriel Davis destroy and pretty much kill the Paulson Adebo hype. Paulson Adebo was one of the top ranked corners coming into 2019 last year in college football. And it was that matchup against UCF. Gabriel Davis cooked him. Like he gave him work and he had a great game against him. And, and Paulson Debo is, he has the skills that he has the tools. But for me, I truly believe he could. And I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, one game to watch if they, if, you know, if we have this season, um, Stanford, USC. Stanford and USC going up against that that offense that the Trojans have, which is an underrated offense in my opinion. You know, uh, Slovis, the, the young quarterback. Um, uh, Amaris St. Brown, I believe is his name. Uh, receiver, number eight. Um, I re- like, that's a matchup. I'm watching if we can get, if we can get these teams and we can get back to football. That's a matchup I'm looking at. Because if I can get that matchup and I can see how Paulson Debo handles that matchup. Because at the end of the day, if he if he if he plays, if he doesn't play up to his level, I think his teams will drop him down. Similar to Christian Fulton from from LSU, Christian Fulton was a top like a legit top ranked corner, and he fell to the second round. You know, Noah Igmanati from from Auburn jumped up in the back of the first, and I'm just like, whoa! Like, no Christian Fulton, I was shocked. You know, he but he fell into the right spot going to Tennessee. Man, the LSU safety is the one that really shocked me this 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 draft. Because he, he had that Jamal Adams hype. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that that and he is actually the reason I'm asking this question. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because going into last year, there was no way he's not what, top five, top top ten, top fifteen at least. Oh, he goes in a second. You yeah. see what I'm saying? That yeah. that shocked. I mean, it it and I saw it coming a little bit. I had an interview with um with um I don't know if you know Ray Q. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ray Ray yeah. guy. Shout yeah. So so yeah. Shout out to Ray Q, man. Awesome dude, man. Awesome dude and phenomenal analyst as well. I brought Ray Q on the show, and me and him both had had a very similar view of what we were seeing from him. You know what I mean? We had a similar view, and it was both it was negative. You know yeah. what I mean? And we saw it saw it possibly coming at that point, but this was like halfway through the season. But going into the season. Nobody would have, like, you know, gave those thoughts any credit. You know what I mean? And so I'm thinking about those guys, and, and, and those, are, those are two good ones right there. Um, so let's, let's ask this because, you know, I don't want to end on, on that low. That's kind of a, kind of a law. Um, tell us where we can find your amazing content. 
Right now, you're doing big things on the podcast. You're doing big things in the writing world. Tell us where we can get all your stuff, man. And, and then tell us, um, tell us a little bit about one of the things that's kind of really, really working for you all on your show. Um, so, of course, you can follow me on Twitter, DP underscore NFL. Um, and our podcast is On the Clock, uh, the On the Clock NFL Draft Podcast. Um, and of course, you know, I'm actually just, you know, if you did, if you don't, if you didn't know on Twitter, uh, when I put out my thread, uh, my film thread, film breakdown of, um, Deontay Johnson, I, Eric Crocker, um, is a former player, former, a pro cornerback. And, and that's like my big bro. And he's starting his website website. I just got a message from the website should be live this Friday. And I'm on staff as one of the as one of the writers and one of the scouts there. So it's, it's going to be a, listen. It's 2020. I know Corona got everybody down, but I'm hyped for it, man. I'm hyped for the end because at the end of the day, it's not about how you start; it's about how you finish. So for me, I'm excited. You know, with these fresh opportunities, um, I'm be trying to transition more with the tech dynasty draft room to start handling more dynasty draft content. Uh, since I'll be doing more scouting with uh, the, the Crocker report. And, of course, Raising Zona with fan-sided. Shout-out to the whole Red Sea fan base. Like, man, my followers and mentions and everything have gone up since I even just dropped that I'm, you know, that I left Stripe Hype and I'm coming to cover Kyler Murray and, and, and the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Show, so much love. So much love to the Cardinals fan base. Like, you guys are just insanely passionate. I love it. Um, and I got a lot of content coming for you. I'm telling you right now, I have a lot coming. Um, you know, I'm trying to get at least three articles out by next, by the end of next weekend, uh, just for raising Zona. So it's, it's a lot going on, but it's a lot of content. Like I said, follow me on Twitter, DP underscore NFL. Everything will be posted there. And for our podcast, um, you know, listen, be yourselves when you know, kind of to, to one thing, you know, think about yourself as a, as a podcast listener. What do you look for? If it's, you know, are you looking for someone to read off a script and, you know, and sound like a robot and have no emotion? What are you looking for? You're looking for someone to have fun, someone to keep you entertained on that three hour drive that you're going to your in-laws or, you know, that, that, that hour long commute when you're on the bus or the train station in the morning, going from city to city to go to work. You need that. You need something to keep you live, keep you awake. And that's what we do on the on the, the uh, NFL Draft Podcast, on the On the Clock NFL Draft Podcast. Me, Eugene Holt, and Shannon Fitch, you know, all of us, we the chemistry is great. But we are we we legitimately are ourselves. We do not in no way, shape, or form, you know, act like something we aren't. We will give you our truest opinions. And that's what it is. You know, we, we give you facts. Don't get me don't get me wrong. But we're gonna give you what we see, what we believe and what we know. And and that's just what it is. So be yourself. If anybody that's, that's working on podcasts, just be yourself. Um, make the connections. You know, find what people want. And because at the end of the day, that's one thing we I've always done. I've always asked for feedback. What can I do better? What can we do better uh, as podcasters and make this show more enjoyable for you guys? Whether it's you know a lot of people want me to you know implement numbers and different things like that. You know, hitting the analytical field a little bit. So we we dabble. I'm still getting into that. So. It's a lot of different things that, that goes into podcasting, but it's all about finding what you do best and do it to the best of your ability and just be yourself. I love it. I love it. Yo, any any um, fantasy football wins last year? 
Man, I, I came close. I came close. I, I ah. went back to the to, to the uh, championship, and I was I, I was close, man. You know, um, lost by a few points actually. Lost by again small margin mm. uh, against the same guy, uh, same guy uh, that I lost to in my league the year before, and it was just like okay, so this is it was crazy. I think, matter of fact, the first year I ran, I, my league is going on year four. The first year we've, I think we've met the past three seasons. Dynasty redraft, redraft. So okay, I'm getting okay, like, now dynasty, um, which we just had uh, I just had two dynasty drafts this past weekend. Um, I think it was last Saturday. Um, you know, for the TV, uh, the dynasty draft room, I think we have our own. Uh, dynasty draft and then another dynasty draft that I'm in. It's an IDP league. Uh, it was my first time doing uh, a league like that, so it was it's definitely an um, experience having to you know pay attention to defensive players and, and, and factor them into yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to what I'm different. doing. So it's definitely different. I I personally hate it, but I'm already <laughs> I'm already invested, so I'm like whatever. I'm in it. Oh, uh, but, but I I, mean, I have fun with it. But yeah, I mean I, I plan on you know my thing is I'm. A lot of people worry, you know, they're like, man, you know, what you going to do with that team? Yeah, because, you know, I, I just Antonio Brown last year. He screwed me over. It was a lot, man. I just, you know, I just like, you know what, let's scrap it. Let's go ahead and, and, and rebuild a little bit. You know what I'm saying? So I'm rebuilding for the future. Dynasty, baby. I'm, I'm rebuilding for the future here now. Yeah. Hey, listen, I may not get that. I may not get that Super Bowl ring right now. You hear me? I may not get that Dynasty championship this year, but. I'm gonna be a problem coming for the next two, the next couple <laughs> years to come. You hear me? I'm telling you right now, man. I got the Drew Lock cooking up. I got some T Higgins. Uh, okay. I got Clyde okay. Edwards Hilaire. Okay. I got uh, Keenan Allen. Um, I got a couple guys out there. Vaughn Miller's on my defense. I got a couple guys out there, man. So I'm just saying, you know, for everybody in Dynasty Land, man. Hey, do not. Worry. Yes, I know you want to win that year. Don't hedge your bets on one season. It's <laughs> dynasty, baby. You know, redraft is where you want to make sure you win that year. You know what I'm saying? So for me, I- I'm building for the future, dog. I'm building for the future. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yo, it's funny, yo. Everybody who played dynasty sound like the Falcons for me. Like, I'm, I'm, next year's going to be it, man. Like, you, Listen, it's coming. Don't even worry I'm, about I'm, it. <laughs> I, was new to this, I'm, I was new to this whole dynasty thing last year, man. So I think I'm, get, I'm getting the hang of it now. So I'm like, all right, you know. Uh, and, and listen, a lot of people are like yo, like my boy, my boy uh, Ryan Searfoss. Foss was like, oh, you fact, sure? yeah. He's like, because uh, in both, I mean, he's in two dynasty leagues. I mean, he's like, you sure do love Antonio Gibson, uh, running back receiver from Memphis that went to the Redskins. I said, listen, man. Yeah, I said, I'm telling you right now, I'm not giving him any shares on Antonio mm-hmm. Gibson whatsoever. Shout out to my boy Aaron Shill, even though he tried to suck on me with a trade. Uh, no, sir, <laughs> you you're not getting Antonio him, Gibson. Bro. Let me tell the people right quick. You playing with murderers. Like, you playing with people who do this all day. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Like, you're not playing with just, like, homeboy or, like, the yeah. you know, homie at the gym or, you know, a few guys from down the street. You playing yeah. with dudes who write about it, who talk about it, who have podcasts about it, right, who own businesses that all that's all they do, right, in yeah. fantasy football. So when, when you're saying you're coming, it's not like I'm coming for the, for the homies. I'm coming for the killers. You feel yes. what I'm saying? Yeah, and when they, they don't know what it is. Facts, they don't know this, bro. They don't know this. They already know. <laughs> Go win one, bro. And look, <laughs> when you win it, we're gonna celebrate together. Let's do for that. For sure, for sure, man. Facts, facts. Yo, thank you so much for joining us, man. We truly appreciate it. Hey, no problem at all, man. Absolutely. Hey, thank you all for listening, and we out. I don't do the most, but I do a lot.
I'ma make a toast, cause we still alive. No big, I feel like Pac. I shoot a shot. I'm coming in. I'm Teresa Hampton. You're listening to MTMV Sports. Keep it locked.